0: Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 67 of the podcast that was originally recorded on April 22nd of 2015. Some of the games I played for the week, I talked about my adventures in the Pathfinder Venture Card Game, Skull and Shackles Organized Play. I taught a new player how to play Dice Masters. I continued my talk on what I played during International Tabletop Day, like Two Rooms in a Boom, Gravwell, Dominion, I'm the Boss. I also had a couple of new games come to the table this week, like d and Legends of Drift, I was able to revisit and spend some more time with Bloodborne and Heroes of the Storm, and then I ended the episode with a couple of games I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and we are on episode 67. Hey, send us some emails. Let us know what you're playing now. Send us emails to What I'm Playing Now at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. As I always say, don't forget to drop the G there. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. On Google+, Plus, we have a Google+, page at plus.google.com, slash the plus sign, what I'm playing now podcast, and, of course, our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. We'll give a quick site update. One of the things I've been working on lately is looking at some different cameras, either video or camcorder or possibly like a nice DSLR camera, as I want to begin to start recording and doing some playthroughs of board games. I do have the Twitch channel, which has been a little dark lately as I really haven't been using it too much, but that's something I, I really need to bring back. But I have I, I would really like to get into doing some board game recordings as well. So I have been given the okay to go ahead and start perusing some nice cameras so if anybody knows of some good cameras to use for recordings maybe that some of the other video people or podcasters do let me know send me an email what i'm playing now at gmail.com like i mentioned before so that's going to be one of the bigger updates coming to the site hopefully we'll have a camera here soon i'll be able to get some videos going we'll see what happens with that but let's jump into what i'm playing now and what i played for the week we're going to start off of course with our weekly pathfinder adventure card game skull and shackles organized play my group got through another couple of scenarios so we were able to get through the 04B scenario, which was Dinosaurs. This one actually took us quite a while to, to finish. This was probably one of the longer games we had. I'm guessing this one with our six players took us, I think, upwards of around two hours to actually finish. It seemed like it came down to pretty much us literally closing every location, and it was basically just the way the cards fell. I believe the actual villain that we were looking for was either the second or third to the last card at the final location. I would say probably about, an hour and a half into the game, I sat there and was like, I go, I don't think we're going to finish this. We really had to kind of look at our hands right there and during the last couple of turns, really save all of our blessings to get the extra explorations going on. I can't say that we really had too much trouble with a lot of the different villains or hen- with the villain or the different henchmen that we were running into. It just seemed that we were able to close a couple locations real quick and then literally the rest of the locations, the cards were just so close to the bottom of the decks, it just... We were just burning through the blessing deck, and which is which is the timing deck in the game, and I, I couldn't believe we actually finished that one. Now the second game that we actually finished then, which we played through really quick because we actually thought the store was closing a little early and then learned that they had actually just started extended hours, so we still had some time left to play, uh, but we were trying to rush through it. The 04C by Rum and Thunder! This one was actually a really interesting one. It definitely didn't take us as long as the first scenario, but I will say the henchman in this one, which was the daughter of Amerta, this is probably some of the hardest henchmen that I've run across within the game, and I'm hoping they don't get much more difficult than this. Now, the crazy thing that this henchman actually does is they can actually deal damage to all the characters at the location, and before each character before there's any actions that can happen each character must attempt a wisdom 10 check if they don't succeed the check all characters the the character basically gets pulled to the location where the daughter of amerta is we sat there and kind of just laughed because pretty much i would say 90 percent of the game everybody failed the wisdom 10 check none of us are really made out for the wisdom department i think we had one guy who was actually able to maybe defeat it twice and the rest of us just we didn't even roll we just kind of set our set our characters right there with them and everything and just got ready to try to t- you know not take as much damage you know if that actually happened but we were able actually able to get through this one and i really like where the storylines going for the, going through the game with the dinosaurs fighting all the different dinosaurs and actually looking for for the rum bottles on this island and then in the rum and thunder one you're actually going against a were rat fargo and if you found some of the rum bottles the more rum bottles you found his actual actual hit points was actually decreased. So it was basically less to actually hit him so I really like some of the things they're actually doing with with the scenarios and I really can't wait to see what where the 5th and 6th actually adventure sets take us so that was it for our Pathfinder adventure card game after next week I will probably only be talking about the Pathfinder adventure card game probably every other episode because I think we're going to go back to maybe a first and third uh, Sunday of the month meetup since it's actually getting a little nicer out people are wanting to get outside a little bit more and actually not just be inside on a Sunday afternoon playing games all day so since we're kind of of close to the end of this set. We've actually discussed we're not going to pick up on day one with the the Wrath of the Righteous, I think, which is the next set's called. We're not going to start on day one when they start the organized play for that. So we're going to give ourselves maybe like a month or so in between sets to actually just relax, actually go outside and enjoy some sun and a little bit of weather. Then, of course, we had Dice Masters last week, and even though we did do some organized play, I pretty much kind of excluded myself from most of the gameplay that was going on. We had a new guy who actually had come down to the store. He had really only had just picked up a starter set that day, had just watched a couple of videos on how to play Dice Masters. So I pretty much just told everybody, I was like, you guys go ahead and play. Everybody was just playing for D&D booster but booster packs anyway, which I pretty much have everything but the super rare red dragon so I really wasn't too worried about getting any extra cards or anything. And actually the rares and stuff that I was able to get I gave to the new guy anyway because I really didn't need any extra duplicate rares. So he was pretty stoked about that. We played through a couple of different games. I, ta- I pretty much taught him how to play. Had a really good time teaching somebody I really haven't taught anybody to play like that in quite a while. So I'm hoping I can actually sit down and maybe, since I was able to teach somebody else, I can sit down and maybe give my wife another go at this game and we can get her into some of the D&D fun. I was actually chatting today with one of the guys that actually is a regular at our Dice Master group, although he really hasn't been down there much during the D&D days because he pretty much was against the D&D set and really wasn't into it. And chatting with him today, I guess he finally sat down and had a good time to really sit down and actually look at the cards and build a team and actually play it with um, some other guys. He actually said he really enjoyed it, so I was I was really happy to hear that. I don't know how much, D- how much D&D stuff he's going to be picking up, though, with DC right around the corner here, which I think is possibly going to be out next Wednesday from what I'm reading, so I know there's a lot of people on that. I'm definitely going to be picking up a starter set for that set. Hopefully we will be able to get a rainbow draft in for that next week, have some fun with some DC characters, but I will definitely miss D&D, as so far D&D is my favorite set out of the whole Dice Masters set so far. All right, so we're going to jump into a bunch of other games that I played. This will be the second part to my Tabletop Day, my International Tabletop Day talk that we started last podcast. One of the games that I had not talked about last week, and I have like three or four games we're going to discuss here that I didn't actually get to last week, so that's why we're doing part two here. But this game we had actually played kind of earlier in the day, and it was a really cool party game called Two Rooms and a Boom. We were actually very lucky enough to have one of the creators, one of the co-creators of the game, Alan Girding, come down to the store, who's actually local to the area, didn't even know that. This is a game that's probably best played with Probably 12, 14, upwards of around 20 to probably even 30 people you can play this game. This game was a Kickstarter. It appears that they are actually producing and getting some of the cards hopefully out to the backers here very shortly. They had some delays in getting the product out, but from what I saw that he brought to the store, I think everybody is going to be very pleased with with what they get from Kickstarter and this is a really cool game. So basically the way the game plays is each player is given a card and you pretty much have to hide this card from everybody else. And all players are then divided into two different groups. There are different cards that everybody's going to have. Some cards will be red, some cards will be blue and then there's different characters on each card. Most cards, if you're playing kind of just with the base normal set are just going to be normal like a red or blue card. But then one person on the red team is going to be the bomber card, and then the one person on the blue team is going to be the president and have the president card. And basically the object of the game is for the blue team blue team to try to keep the president safe and the red team is basically trying to get the bomber to end up in the same room as the president at the end of the game that's basically who wins so the game is played in a couple of rounds i think there's like three rounds is how we were playing it and each each team has a captain and this captain can decide for lack of a better term we call them hostages which people from their team and it's usually like two per two people from each group is going to be swapped at the end of each round and the really interesting thing about this game is you pretty much have i think it was like 30 to four 45 seconds to pretty much decide who's swapping between the teams. So the leaders basically had a stopwatch around their neck that they were given, and at any time the group can vote to overthrow the leader and basically put a new leader into place if they don't like the way things are going. So if you have a bunch of red people on a team and they've actually all talked together and they know that the leader's a blue person, the blue person's trying to make sure that the president's safe, the red people are probably going to overthrow that blue leader very quickly and put one of their red people in in charge of the group so they can pretty much get much more control over what's going on now things can get really interesting when after we played it the first time because what alan started doing was he started adding in a couple of different cards like one of the cards i remember he threw in was like an angel card so i think there were like one or two angel cards he had thrown in to each of the red and blue teams and basically with if you picked up the angel card You were not able to lie if somebody asked you kind of what color you were, you know, and as far as what color you were holding, so... It's a really crazy game. It's like a social deduction game where you're trying to figure out and just talk to people. You really have to be rather scarce with what type of information you're giving to other people. Like you can maybe cover up most of your card and just show them that, yes, you have a red card. Yes, you have a blue card. You know, if if you find somebody that's on the red team and you have a red card, you can pretty much then start to share more information with them and start talking to other people in the group and try to just figure out who's who. And it's just a completely crazy social deduction bluffing game that I think anybody can play and everybody would enjoy so I had missed this one on Kickstarter I think it actually was kickstarted late in 2013 I think it was it seems like they should be fulfilling a lot of the orders here very shortly for what it sounds like after I talk to Alan so I'm really interested in seeing this going once this game does come out I will probably be picking this up down at my friendly local game store because I really enjoyed it so one of the other games I played at International Table talk, Tabletop Day, since I'm talking so much here, we're in a table talk day, is Gravwell. And I've talked about Gravwell before. It's a cool little game that I really enjoy when it makes it to the table. It's a game played where you have 26 alphabetized cards that basically control the movement of your ship that's on a board. It controls not only your ship, but basically the other ships around you. The really interesting part of this game is you're trying to move your ship towards the exit of this gravity field but the interesting thing is that other ships surrounding you are going to affect your movement so when you play a card you can sometimes be hoping to move ahead let's say five or six spaces but depending upon where other ships are around you and the letter you played on the card basically decides who goes first for that round? It's really easy to kind of screw your neighbors without even really trying. And there's also cards that will kind of that will kind of it basically kind of does like a push and pull mechanic. There's some cards that'll push you away from the closest closest uh, closest object, and then there's other cards that will kind of pull all objects towards you. So it's really crazy. It's a really fun little game. And you basically play until one person makes it on the board. If you've never played Gravwell, pick it up. I think it was actually from what I saw on Facebook on one of their Facebook groups I'm in. I think it was one of the games that was part of the Barnes and Nobles 50% off sale. So if you have a Barnes and Nobles close to you, you might be able to find this game on the cheap and it's definitely worth every penny for it if you can get it at the Barnes and Noble sale. Even at full price, I would say the game is really good and it is a great fun game. I think I've only ever played it with four people, so I'm not too sure how it plays with less than four, but I, I think it would, I think it would, it's a game that actually still would pretty work, pretty work well with, you know, less than four people. And then of course, one of the games I played is pretty much one of the granddaddies. I guess we can say, of deck builders. Probably one of the... I don't know if it was the original deck builder, but it seems to be, from my understanding, one of the more most popular deck builders out there, and that is Dominion. This is a game I've only been able to play online. I actually have seen people play it before. I've watched a couple of games. I actually just never was there at the right time down at the game store where a game was just starting up. But it's basically a deck building game. Everybody starts out with 10 cards and throughout the game you basically have other cards on the table in front of you that you're then going to spend points to buy cards and you basically win the game by having the most victory points at the end of the game. I believe the game ends when three piles of cards are depleted from the center of the table. I think that's how it goes. I'm trying to remember. I'm hoping that's right. But I mean, I'm not really too sure what more I can say about dominion that probably already hasn't been said it was just really fun to be able to play this game for the first time and be able to say okay yes i have finally played dominion i no longer have to say oh i've never played dominion and just feel like an idiot for having to say that for as much as i am into gaming but dominion has finally checked off my bucket list of games to play and i was just really happy and i'm still enjoying the online version if you've actually never checked out the online version Go to, I think it's playdominion.com, I think is what it is. And it was, I, I will say this that the online version taught me exactly what I needed to know to actually win that first game of Dominion that I actually played. And the group of people I was playing with, they kind of just stood there at the end when we were counting up victory points. And they were like, yeah, that's kind of bull that you just won this and it's your first time playing. And I go, well, I go, I have played the online version quite a bit. And obviously, the computer strategy that, you know, the strategy that the computer taught me is one that is valid and works. So that was pretty much how I approached the game. So one of the games we played later on in the evening towards the end of International Tabletop Day was a game that is a, it's a game you really want to watch the with the group of people you're playing with. It's a game called I'm the Boss. I'm the Boss is pretty much a straight-out negotiation game where players are taking on the role of a boss, and each turn you're kind of negotiating for stocks or for shares and you're trying to just make money this game is very cutthroat you definitely want to watch who you're playing this with because this is a game where you can pretty much see fights breaking out tables getting flipped or just some crazy stuff happening so on your turn there's different characters in the game that are going to be needed to kind of seal the deal on getting a a deal put together to complete the shares each player has a different a different character in front of them each character all, or each person also has kind of like a hand of cards There's, I think the game ends by, there's a card that kind of ends the game that's mixed into like the last three or four cards. I think that was how the game ends, I think, or if all the spaces are, if all the deals are actually done before that, the game ends as well. But when making a deal, the players whose turn it is, they pretty much have to look at all of their opponents and try to get them to agree to do the deal with them and then give them a cut of the money. So let's say a deal could be worth three shares and each share is worth a million dollars. So you have $3 million and maybe you can offer, and you need two other people to do the deal with you, you can offer each of them, let's say maybe 500000 and then you would to get um, two million. They would each get five hundred thousand. That would be the three million. If they agree to that, then everybody's all happy. Now, if some of the other opponents don't agree with that, they can start playing some cards. They can start playing a card maybe and say, "I'm the boss," and then they can take over, trying to make the deal and basically take the most of the money. You can also play cards where you can send one of the people who's working on the deal maybe out on an airplane trip. Or, you know, on an airplane ride, they're going on a trip and they can't be part of this deal. Or you can play a card where you're playing the niece or nephew of one of the characters and you're now taking their place in this deal and you're getting the cut instead of them. There's also cards, and I can't remember what they were called, but if you played three of them, you can actually steal somebody else's character, basically essentially essentially screwing them completely out of the deal in any future deals because they need a character to be able to participate in any deals which I actually did to somebody and felt really horrible about. The game is completely insane. It was really fun. A couple of the younger guys playing the game seemed to be like dares and Headlights when we were playing it because because some of us just started colluding early on, just started just going away and getting tons of money. I definitely did not win this game, but you really have to be extremely cutthroat and just wanting to screw everybody over the table to be able to win at this game. But it's it was definitely a hell of a lot of fun. A game to definitely check out, like I said, with the right group of people. So one of the other games I picked up during this past week, I think I picked this one up during the Barnes & Noble sale, is the D&D Legends of Driss. So this is basically a dungeon crawling game. It's taken from the D&D universe. It was pretty easy to set up and and learn. I was doing one thing wrong while I was playing. Of course I have to make every game that I play just that much harder than it really is. So I started working my way through the dungeon Whenever you're flipping over a new tile, you have to place a monster there. And there's one mechanic in the game that I've heard that I've talked to some people that have played it that some people don't really care for in that when you do flip over a new tile and you put a monster on the board, they basically get to... They get the next action, basically, is the way the turn sequence goes. So the monsters that you put down pretty much get to attack you before you actually get to attack them normally. And some people really don't care for that kind of that aspect of the game. I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. But after killing probably about six or seven monsters and having a huge stack of, you know, monster cards in front of me, hoping to roll a 20 to try to, you know, upgrade my character and maybe flip him over to the level two side, I realized I wasn't taking the reward for killing a monster, which was basically a treasure card. My character had pretty much almost died. I had to use my one health token to actually heal myself once. And I was getting to the last tile when I finally realized I hadn't taken, seven or eight treasure cards that would have that when I finally did take them half of them were heal cards and I would never have needed to use my actual you know kind of like last minute heal there that you probably only want to do in case of emergency so I sat there just kind of laughing because it seems it seems lately every game that I've been learning or have been taught we do one thing wrong and it just makes the game that much harder to actually play I'm definitely going to be bringing this one to the table a little bit more once I get a little bit more used to it probably after one or two more plays I'm going to sit down and maybe teach my wife and I think this is probably a a dungeon crawl game she'll really like i'd say it's i don't want to say it's too too heavy of a game Uh, i do like the miniatures that come in the game the board tiles seem to be pretty nice as well and it's it's just a nice little game there's a couple of other games in the series i think there's a castle ravenloft there's wrath wrath of a Shardalon i think is one of the other and there's a brand new one coming out i can't remember the name of it but i'm probably going to be picking up a couple of the other games um that are in this series as you can actually combine a lot of the different components together to just make one huge game ...that you can then play through. So if you haven't had a chance to ever check out Legends of Drist, definitely give it a chance. Get it on the table, and I, like I said, I really liked it. going to jump over to my Thursday game, Board Night, and we got Zhang Guao to the table one more time. I talked about this game a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't really too sure I kind of wanted to play this game again, but since, since I said I would give it one more shot... I did, and everybody at this store pretty much reminded me that I said I'd give it another shot since we pretty much played three-quarters of it incorrectly the last time. We did play it correctly this time, and somehow I pulled away with a very early lead by just getting a lot of governors onto the table. And I had talked about the way the game was played a couple of weeks ago, so probably go back to podcast and you can probably see my initial talk on Zhang wow and how it's pretty much played. I'm not going to reiterate all of that here a second time, but I will say that towards the end of the game, everybody was really surprised. When we started going through the final scoring of the game, and that I only had like six cards on the board in front of me on my game board, whereas everybody else around me had probably. 8-10 if not more. I think one guy had 12 cards that he had played in front of me. I was kind of taking a little different approach to this. I was trying to go for more actions rather than trying to get more scoring towards the end of the game, hoping that by getting more tokens out onto the board and by completing more of the different sequences on the game board itself, I would be able to get bigger bonuses. I actually won the game by one point, which I was extremely excited about, and I will have to say since we did play the game correctly, I did enjoy it much more this time I didn't feel ever at all that I was getting screwed by not being able to do something I didn't want to do basically there were a couple of times where I just didn't get the card bonus because I just didn't have the right number of card in my hand but I was still able to complete what I wanted to do if you're into the heavy euro style games zhang wow is probably going to be something right up your alley definitely give that one a shot alright we're gonna jump over to a couple of computer and PlayStation games here real quick some video game section talk right before we end the show so I was able to get back into into bloodborne finally i haven't been able to play much with bloodborne in the past week but last night i was able to take the first boss down and i will have to say that i was extremely excited about that if there is anything i could say about bloodborne if there's a tip i can give to you definitely go into boss fights with a lot of health potions and with a lot of molotov cocktails it definitely helped out a bit a lot i would say um, I was also just doing a lot of jumping and dodging out of the way because the boss fights are just completely insane I'm really getting into Bloodborne and I'm hoping that I can get this podcast edited and uploaded tonight and get back in front of the PlayStation tonight and continue on in my adventure and see where this game is going to take me next I also played a little bit more of some Heroes of the Storm this week I pretty much just went through some of the the daily the daily quests that I w- was working on just to level up some different characters I did notice one One thing in this game, if you have not purchased any of the characters, they seem to change every couple of weeks what characters you then have available to you, as the characters I started playing a couple of weeks ago seem to be unavailable, let's say. So that was something I really wasn't too keen on. I did hear that there's supposed to be a release date that was just announced for Heroes of the Storm. I didn't look it up, but I thought I saw that on my Twitter Steam stream, so I'm gonna have to maybe talk about that maybe next week once I find out what that date is, but um, if you're looking for a MOBA or something like that, Heroes of the Storm definitely seems to be very approachable. There, There's a nice mixture. I, I think the one thing I really like about the game is just the variety in boards that you're given and maps that you have, because each one does really seem to have a different mechanic to it, and that is the one thing I think that's different from like Dota 2, where it's just pretty much the same map every game. I really like the ver- the variety in the in the boards and the maps and and basically just having to do different things each time just adds a nice little twist to the game and just makes it fresh whenever you're playing it. All right, those were the games I played for a week. There were a couple of more that I really didn't talk about. I will maybe throw those into next week's episode, but I don't want to get too long here since I'm just talking myself. But let's talk about a couple of the games I want to play. One of the games I had touched on this week that I had revisited a little bit on my PC was Hand of Fate. I had actually done some early videos when this game had first been released on Steam and it was in early access. And it, and it's been I know it's recently been released on PlayStation 4. And I will say that in going back to it now and not having touched it in a while, they have made some very nice changes to the game. It it looks like there's actually a small expansion that was given to the game that added in a whole other fate deck, I think, to the game. I only played through one boss character real quick. I'm about three quarters of the way through, but it does look like they reset a lot of the cards because pretty much every card I have is now new to me again. It doesn't look like they read. It doesn't look like it reset any of the seals that were on the cards, though, so it doesn't look like I'm going to get any duplicate seals, but it was kind of funny when I pretty much saw new on every single card. And I'm like, "Mm, I've pretty much experienced a majority of these already. So I'm just going to have to continue, maybe finish that one again and then see what else that game has to offer. But if you have not looked up Hand of Fate, I've talked about that in a previous podcast. I'll I'll notate in the show notes which podcast I talked about it in. And then you can also find some of the videos, I think, up on the website as well and on my YouTube page. But definitely check out Hand of Fate. It's a really great game. You can find it on Steam, PlayStation 4. I don't know if it's out on Xbox One, not yet or not, or if it was exclusive to PS4, but definitely give that game a check. And then a board game that I had picked up that I'm hoping to maybe get some playthroughs this weekend is Eldritch Horror. Um, I'm I'm kind of a decent, you know, kind of a decent Cthulhu fan and Eldritch Horror seems to be one of the games that has been on my list to want to play for a while so hopefully I can get that one to the table to see and see if I like that game or not I, I'm I, I'm having a feeling I watched a little bit of Rado's run through on it and I, I have a feeling that I will like this I'm just hoping that my wife is going to like it as well and that she'll enjoy it too so that's it those are the games I played for the week as well as what I want to play as always let me know what you're playing now send me some email. send me to what I'm playing now at gmail.com don't forget to follow me on twitter at what I'm playing now don't forget to drop the g just do a search on facebook for us what i'm playing now is what you can search for then of course our google plus page which is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what i'm playing now podcast and of course our twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash what i'm playing now thanks for spending some time with me and thanks for listening as always don't forget to download us from itunes give us some reviews on there wouldn't mind getting some on there send me some emails let me know what you're playing now and as always have a great week playing games thanks for listening bye-bye